This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that tackles issues that concern your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, today joined by certified genetic counselors Rebecca McFalda, MSCGC, and Brittany Allen, MGCCGC, from the Cancer Genetics Clinic at MidMichigan Health. And on today's episode, we'll discuss inherited cancer risk and learn more about the role of a genetic counselor. Health Dose asked Rebecca McFalda, what exactly is inherited cancer risk? So an inherited cancer risk refers to when a person has a change or what we call a mutation in one of their genes that places them at high risk to develop cancer. And these changes or these mutations can be passed through families, which is why they're called hereditary or inherited. It's estimated maybe about 5 to 10% of all cancers can be hereditary. Things we look for to try to look for the families that are more likely to have a hereditary cancer syndrome are things like being diagnosed younger than typical. So instead of having breast cancer in their 60s, maybe they were in their 30s or 40s. Having multiple family members with either the same type of cancer, where a certain cancer seems to trend in a family, or different cancers that we know are related through a certain gene. Also cancers, a person who's had cancer more than one primary cancer also suggests there could be underlying genetic cause. So those are the different things we look for. So this goes quite a few steps beyond a family history. I mean, this is actually looking at the genes to see if there's a, a tendency toward that cancer. Correct. So we start by reviewing the family history. We look at the personal and family history to determine what genes could be playing a role in that family. And then from there, the genetic testing can kind of help us narrow that down and pinpoint if there is an identifiable genetic mutation, what is it? And from there, we can determine what cancers we need to be concerned about for that family. What are the most common hereditary cancer types? The cancers that we see most often in the cancer genetics clinic would be breast, ovarian, colon, and uterine. But really, almost any type of cancer can be part of a hereditary cancer syndrome. That is not to say if you have the inherited gene, you're going to get cancer. I mean, we, we, we're not at that level where we can determine that. It's just that you Correct. have... It's, it's a risk factor, a risk and depending on what gene it is, is a different level of risk, where some of these cancer genes do have risks as high in the range of 85, even up to as high as almost 100%, hmm. but others may only increase the risk of certain cancers 15 to 20%. So it really depends on what the genetic testing shows, what level of risk we're talking about. And that also doesn't account for environmental factors because that's not a genetic thing either. Correct. What does a genetic counselor do? So as genetic counselors, we meet with people who are referred by their doctor based on a suspicion that there could possibly be a inherited or hereditary factor being passed through the family. And so our role is to educate and inform these patients about what hereditary cancer is, send genetic testing to identify whether there could be a genetic mutation that's responsible for some of the cancers in the family or placing people at a higher risk to develop cancer in their lifetime, and then helping them alter their management based on those test results. Well, you can't change your genetics. You can mitigate the environmental things that might be going on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You can't control the genetics that you have or that you pass on, but you can change aspects of your health care to try to prevent cancer from happening or catch it early if it does. What would cause me to see a genetic counselor? Is that something that my, my doctor is going to advise me to do? Most people come in because they are referred from their physician. There's something when their physician is reviewing their personal or family history, there's something that catches their attention that could be that there could be a hereditary cancer gene present. But basically those things I looked at before, if there's a certain 
cancer that seems to be trending in a family or people being diagnosed in the family younger. Those are the type of things they look for. And then they refer you to the clinic. And then there, as Brittany had mentioned, we, we spend the time with the patient reviewing those histories. And we provide each patient with very personalized information and genetic counseling regarding what we're seeing in the family, the testing options, and the implication of possible test results. Is it just about cancer or are there other diseases that you might counsel somebody with? In our role here, we focus specifically in the oncology realm. So it is only cancer that we see here, but genetic counselors do work in a vast array of different conditions or different areas of healthcare. Right. So what happens during this genetic counseling appointment? Mm -hmm. Are you going to swab my cheek? Uh, uh, probably not. We, we normally send a blood sample off to the okay. labs. There are a couple of different ways we can send a sample in. The appointments take about an hour. The first thing I like to do when I sit down with patients is ask them about their main questions, concerns, and goals for the appointment and kind of build the appointment based on what the patient is hoping to achieve talk to them about hereditary cancer in general, but then also talk about specific gene mutations that could be present in the family. As Rebecca was talking about, kind of giving patients a personalized idea of what could be going on in their family and then sending off genetic testing to see if there is actually something there that could change their management. And what's important about knowing your genetic risk for cancer? The reason to know whether or not you're at high risk of cancer based on a genetic mutation would be so your healthcare team can really provide you with the most appropriate management. In most cases, when we identify hereditary cancer gene mutation, there are recommended changes to their medical management, increased surveillance, where often with a gene that increases the risk of breast cancer, instead of doing mammograms, we will also add on breast MRI. We also start screening much earlier than we do in the general population. So we have a more intensified screening regimen. And the goal there is since they are at higher risk to develop cancer, if it develops, we're hopefully going to catch it at the earliest possible stage. Right. The other thing we can do in a number of these genes is there are risk reduction options people can take where there are either medications people can take or risk reduction surgeries to dramatically reduce their risk of ever developing the cancer in the first place. Mm -hmm. So having this information really allows you to make the most informed decisions in terms of what is best for you in terms of how you want to manage this cancer risk going forward. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the lifestyle changes that might help prevent cancer, but right. also early detection. Correct. Because like with all cancers, early detection is the key. Sure. And unfortunately, no matter what you do lifestyle-wise, no matter how healthy you are, how great you eat, how much you exercise, you can still get cancer. We mm -hmm. see it all the time. So especially if you have a high-risk genetic factor playing a role, that kind of trumps most of those environmental lifestyle factors. So it really is the medical management of that and making sure we're really staying on top of these families and doing what we can from a medical side to reduce that risk. Did, did I hear you correctly? The genetic predisposition to cancer is even greater than environmental risks? For most cancers, For most yes. cancers? Yep. So if you have a genetic really? mutation, that can increase your risk of cancer tenfold, where something else, you know, most of the, the lifestyle factors may only increase it or decrease it by, you know, 1.5 or something along that line. So it really is the biggest risk factor you can have. Is this something my medical insurance will pay for? Mm -hmm. This is a discussion that we have with patients when they come in is whether they meet the established criteria for genetic testing. If patients meet the criteria, insurance should cover it, including Medicare and Medicaid. So if testing is appropriate for the person based on their personal and family history, they should have insurance coverage. 
For people who don't necessarily meet the criteria for genetic testing, there are some other options as the cost and the accessibility of genetic testing has become greater over the past few years. More patients have access to it. And I guess the insurance companies are seeing that if they're involved in getting early detection and and mitigating those circumstances, they save money. Correct. I would imagine. Yes. Over the last, it it took a while to convince the insurance companies that this is in their benefit, but it's much cheaper to, let's say, remove somebody's ovaries preventatively than to treat them for ovarian cancer. So strictly looking at from a financial perspective, clearly it's in their best interest. Of course, the paranoid part of me says, can my genetic results be used against me somehow? Mm -hmm. This is a concern that some patients have is the theory of genetic discrimination. There is a law that was enacted in 2008. It's called the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, or GINA for short. And what it basically says is that genetic information cannot be considered a pre-existing condition. So this law prevents health insurance companies and employers from using genetic information to discriminate against people. However, there are a few caveats, including life insurance, disability, and long-term care insurance. But we like to make sure that people know what protections they have in place. So how do I know if genetic testing is right for me? So, and that's part of what the genetic counseling session is about. If if the concern has been raised, we really encourage patients to follow through and come to the appointment, even if they have no idea if they want genetic testing or not. Because what we do with the patient during that session is provide them with the education and the information and talk to them about what a test result could do for them in terms of whether it would make a difference and try to give them that information, alleviate some of those concerns that we just talked about and help them decide if genetic testing is really right for them. Many people come in knowing they're interested in the testing and and they usually want the testing after we're done discussing everything and alleviating any concerns they may have. But there are people who come back a year or two later and say, okay, I'm ready to do this. And there are people who decide it just isn't for them. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Our goal isn't to convince people to have genetic testing. It's to make sure they're making a truly informed decision on whether or not they want to have it done. If they're choosing against genetic testing, we also just want to review that family history and make sure that there aren't other specialized screenings that they would qualify for just based on what's in the family. There are some other risk assessments that we can do that may qualify them for additional screening, whether or not they even have genetic testing. So we also will address those concerns as well. So if I have a family member who is tested for their risk of hereditary cancer, will that potentially lead to more members of my family perhaps needing to be tested? Yes. So if we identify someone who has a mutation in one of these genes, we strongly recommend they share this information with any at-risk family members. So when an individual tests positive for a mutation, their children would each have a 50-50 chance of whether or not they've inherited or not for most of these genes. Same with siblings. It's typically about a 50% risk. And usually we can track back one side of the family or the other in terms of where this mutation came from. And so we kind of branch out, like if we find out it came from dad's side of the family, we then know those are the aunts and uncles and cousins who need to consider being tested. So we really work with the families to share that information with their family members to ensure that everybody is getting the appropriate information so they can do what they can to mitigate their cancer risk. If that mutated gene is discovered in a family member, will that automatically qualify me to uh, be a candidate for screening? Yes, it's one of the recommended referral guidelines. Anyone with a mutation in a family member should qualify for genetic testing. Can of worms that I'm going to open. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Mm -hmm. 
how does your DNA test differ from the home DNA tests that are really popular right now? So the genetic testing that we send is a little different from the testing that is advertised, like 23andMe and Ancestry.com. Those companies are really focused on entertainment, I would say, as opposed to the clinical side of genetic testing that we send. Whereas our test results patients can use in order to inform their health decisions, results from 23andMe and Ancestry.com and similar companies are really more for entertainment and shouldn't be used to inform management decisions. If something is found through those companies, we would recommend that those people come to see a genetic counselor so that we can send more testing for them and confirm the results and and be able to walk them through what those results mean. Direct-to-consumer testing is what we call it, or the home DNA tests that are very popular in our current culture. We do hear a lot in clinic, oh, my, my daughter had that done and she doesn't have the BRCA genes. You have to look very carefully. They do testing for BRCA1 and 2 on that panel. However, they only test for three specific mutations. There are thousands of mutations possible in these genes. They test for three specific ones. They are the most common mutations in the Ashkenazi Jewish population, but in everybody else, you're just picking three out of a couple thousand, and it it doesn't really make any sense. So you really have not had true comprehensive testing for those genes. And the other popular, the other thing that people are now doing, because some of these direct-to-consumer genetic tests have been limited in terms of what they can provide to patients in terms of results. They give the patients their raw data. So their DNA sequences they give them without any clinical interpretation. And there are websites out there that will interpret that for them. There was a study done in 2018 looking at what got reported out and almost half the time the information was incorrect. People were being told they had hereditary cancer gene mutations that were not there, Hmm. and the opposite. They were told there wasn't something there, and they did have something on clinical testing. So as Brittany said, I really caution patients to take this information with a grain of salt. I consider it a test, as we say, a test for entertainment purposes and not for medical management. So tell me about the Cancer Genetics Clinic at MidMichigan Health. The Cancer Genetics Clinic at MidMichigan Health is run by myself and Brittany Allen, the two genetic counselors here. And when patients are scheduled for an appointment, they will see one or the other of us. We work in collaboration with the physicians at MidMichigan, the oncologists, surgeons, family practice providers, OBGYNs, really any healthcare providers involved in patients' care as we work in close collaboration with them. Patients are typically referred through their physician. We will have patients call us directly interested in making an appointment, but we really do need a physician referral for a patient to be able to be seen. So the easiest way for a patient to get an appointment if they're curious or interested in assessing their family history more to see if there really is a hereditary cancer syndrome there is the the first step would be to talk to their primary care physician and see if there is enough there to warrant that referral. Those are certified genetic counselors Rebecca McFalda and Brittany Allen. Undergoing genetic counseling allows you to take a proactive approach to better health. Those who would like to know more about genetic counseling and testing can go to midmichigan.org slash genetics. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back again soon for another edition of Health Dose.